Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. My first spiritual food experience was when I was growing up as a young child, as you heard, in Ireland. And every Saturday night, all the shoes would be polished, and every Sunday we would be marched off to Mass at our local church. I was raised in a good Irish Catholic family. And my favorite part of the Mass, well, I had two favorite parts. One was if we sat on the balcony and then I could get to count all the hats and categorize them and organize them throughout the otherwise boring ceremony. And the other favorite part was going up to receive Holy Communion. This is this white, thin wafer that was offered to everybody at the end of Mass. It had been offered, it was part of the ceremony of the church, and so you received it and you put it into your mouth and let it melt in your mouth. I liked that so much that every time I found mints or anything that was circular or flat, I, I would play Holy Communion with my friends. <laughs> Later on, that person I met at New York Rathiatra kept sending me food. She kept sending me sweets in the mail. And one time at Christmas, she sent me a little fruitcake with a note saying, this is spiritual, do not throw it out. <laughs> I think it sat on my counter for months because I wasn't sure what to do with it. And then a, a pivotal moment later when I lived in Arizona and I met the devotees of Krishna again was the uh, carob halava. Some of you who have been around ISKCON for a while are familiar with halava. This was a carob halava that I, I would eat plateful after plateful and I think, I think it really nourished my spiritual journey. So a few weeks ago, I was in New York, and there was a sign at the entrance to the Bhakti Center restaurant, a restaurant located on the ground floor of the Bhakti Center. And the sign said, Foods, food that loves you back. And I thought, what a brilliant description of spiritual food of prasadam, food that loves you back. Because when something loves you or somebody loves you, they heal you and they free you. And prasadam, which is the name that we have for our spiritual food, it means grace and it means mercy, but what is grace and what is mercy but love? but the receiving of Krishna's love. 
So, love in this world, just ordinary love, heals and frees. And love, spiritual love, heals us and frees us to the very, very essence of who we are, to the very core of our consciousness. Now, I'm sure many of you, or let me say, how many of you have had spiritual food experiences, prasadam experiences, or heard of them, or read about them? Yes. What a wonderful thing. How many of you here have had communion, holy communion? Yeah, okay, good. But somebody might say, what? Wait, what? How can... How can, how can food really heal us and love us? How can it nourish us to the tips of the toes of our very soul? How can something like an ordinary banana that looks like a banana and tastes like a banana, but when, when it's offered, become something that's so powerful? Is it that simple? Can any of us do it? Can, can such food really transform us? Krishna actually answers this question in the Gita. But before I go there, I'd like to give you a little triangle. The whole practice of Krishna Bhakti is based on, well, I've based it on three things. And the first thing is, we are not our bodies. That's the first platform we come to to examine this perspective of sacred food. We are not our bodies. We are more than our bodies. We have a body, but that's not everything. The second is Krishna. It's a name for God, means the all-attractive one. Krishna means he was attractive to everyone. So Krishna is also more than a body. He's the original spiritual entity, the source of all our lives. And he's a person. In the, in the Krishna Bhakti tradition, it's a, a monotheistic tradition under the umbrella of Hinduism that there is one God and all life and energy come from him. And we have a relationship with him because we're part of him. So there's Krishna, so there's me, Krishna, and there's the world. Or Krishna, the world, and me. And the goal of bhakti is to reconnect or restore or reawaken our relationship with Krishna while in the world, with the world, and through the world. Now Arjuna faced the same thing. Arjuna's world at that moment was a huge battlefield. And Krishna was there. So it was Arjuna, Krishna, and the world in between them. And, and Arjuna was asking Krishna how to solve the dilemma, how to make the right choice in terms of fighting. And they had a huge conversation. And they touched on many things. But at one point in the conversation, Krishna said to Arjuna, he said, 
He said, those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. He said, those who worship the ancestors will go to the ancestors. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings. And those who worship me will live with me. Makes sense, right? Whoever we hang out with, we end up being with. So then Arjuna asked Krishna, so how do I worship you? And Krishna said, just love me. And Arjuna said, well, how will I express my love for you? And then Krishna speaks this verse. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, fruit, or some water, I will accept it. And then Arjuna said, well, what if I can't be that pure and simple and just offer you a little fruit and a little water? What if I'm not there yet? And, and, and Krishna said to him, the very next verse, he said, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer or give away, and whatever austerities you perform, do that as an offering to me. And in that way, your love for me will grow. So, by Krishna inviting us to offer him things, and, and what a generous statement. What I love most about the practice of Krishna Bhakti is this generosity of Krishna. So it's like, whatever you do, whatever you eat, just, just share it with me. Offer it to me first. Acknowledge the source. And I'll accept it. And then what comes back to you is filled with my love. It's filled with my affection for you. You've offered something to me, and Krishna says, with love and devotion. One offers me with love and devotion a fruit, a flower. And Krishna says, I will accept it. By that offering, the food, the activity, and today we're talking about food. By that offering, that fruit or flower, that becomes filled with Krishna's love. And that love heals us. And why do we need to be healed? Because we've traveled in these bodies, not just in this life, and not just with all the ups and downs of this life, and the failures and the successes and the pushings and here and there, but in many, many lifetimes. We're actually broken on so many levels, physically, mentally, emotionally. And the soul is hidden underneath that. And by healing, by taking food that Krishna has filled with his love, it actually heals, heals the soul. And by healing the soul, all the other parts of our body become healed. So we're healed spiritually and we're freed. And what are we freed from? We're freed from this bodily concept of life. This is the platform we started on. We're not our bodies, but 
our body is so present with us that we tend to forget that. So by eating spiritual food, we spiritualize this body. Sometimes we use the word purify, but I like the word spiritualize because our body and our senses become tuned to who we are spiritually. Our mind becomes cleansed. Prabhupada says our mind becomes refined and we can start thinking clearly. So this is the power of spiritual food. This is the power of prasadam. Now, what if, what are we to do with this information? We have to make space in our life for spiritual food. We have to, with consciousness and intention and attention, create space in our homes, create space in our kitchen, create a little altar, create something with a little picture of Krishna. So you can take those things that are recommended to eat, foods in the mode of goodness, no meat or fish or eggs, Krishna says he doesn't like to accept those because those are foods that, that cause too much violence and pain. But minimize your, your walk on the earth. Minimize your time here. And choose foods that are kind foods, good foods. And then place them before Krishna and say, my dear Lord, please accept them. Make time in your life for this. Make space in your life, in your office, in your travels. Because spiritual food is powerful. This food is also karma-free. That frees us on a whole other level. When we offer it to Krishna, anything that was injured or harmed or hurt or damaged in the journey from the earth to your table, you don't take a reaction for that. And Krishna cautions us that the laws of karma are very stringent. They act whether we know them or not. So make space in your life, make space in your home, make space in your consciousness. So when you are making food, when you are cooking, when you are offering, you're consciously thinking about what you're doing. And you have to make time Make time to honor prasadam nicely. Make time. There's a movement called slow food, right? Or mindful eating. But we have the greatest treasure. We have the opportunity to create food that can love us back, that can free us, and that can heal us. And the deepest level of our existence can reveal who we are and can nourish that relationship with Krishna. We have to make time for it. Our Prabhupada, the founder, will say, you're missing out on a great opportunity. He would say, take advantage of this. That Krishna has extended his hands in this way and said, you live in the world, you're stuck in the world, you chose to go there originally, 
You wanted to see what it was like to enjoy without a relationship with me. Okay, now you're, now you're turning around. Okay, here, use the things of the world. And by connecting them with me, they don't become things of the world anymore. They become powerful spiritual motivators and, and, and nourishers of your spiritual journey. And imagine, imagine if, if we all did this. Imagine if we all started to create a culture around sacred food. Imagine if we began to share that food. If we began to share that food with our family and our friends and our neighbors and our work. Because do you know what an impact that can have? Do you know what happens to people when they feel loved and they feel healed and they feel free on the inside? When you feel loved, you don't feel hatred or anger. You don't need to be right. You're not insecure. When you feel loved, you feel strong, you feel valued. When you feel loved, you can love. When you feel loved, you don't need to prove yourself. Hurt people hurt people. If we can, through our sacred food, through this practice of creating sacred food, love the world, love our neighbors, love our family. It can really change things. It can change consciousness. It can change how people act. And it can help them. It can help them ultimately taste the sweetness of their relationship with the most interesting, delightful, adventuresome, wonderful, awesome, supreme Lord that we're all connected to. It said, you are what you eat. We say, you become what you offer. Hare Krishna. Okay, I'm going to throw it open now for questions or comments. If we have time at the end, we can share some spiritual food stories. Okay, uh, let's start over here with Polka. And I, I, do, I would like to do... Uh, a question on the man's side and then a lady side and a man's side and a lady side. So don't let me down, please. You need to have a lot of questions here. And we want to have questions for people who never ask questions. Hare Krishna. So I know we're doing Rathyatra this year and I heard there's a three-day festival. Are we going to be serving prasadam? No. <laughs> um, there's restrictions on everything. 
and the National Mall has uh, made it a little difficult because of they redid all their grassy area um, and so to actually do any kind of food there is practically impossible. But we are going to nourish people. Here's the thing. We're consumers. We eat with our eyes. We eat with our ears. You know, this body just consumes, right? We're always eating, if you think about it. And there's food metaphors all over the place. So we're going to be feeding people nice spiritual kirtan. There's three ways that you deeply connect with Krishna. Food, philosophy, and the fine art of kirtan. So we'll be giving people those experiences. And here's the thing. The, the more we can really deeply do those in really, really powerful, beautiful ways, the bigger the impact we'll have. And what's the impact? We're just trying to help people feel loved, uh, feel some spiritual love. And we'll invite them to come here and taste some nice spiritual food, prasadam. Okay, another question? Ladies? Yes, thank you. I love prashadam, so this is the perfect class for me. Um, I have actually had, this is more of a statement, um, if you don't mind. I have actually had the experience of chanting and tasting my favorite prashadam. So, um, Understanding that like you become the offering as your as your offering to the Lord really resonates with me and I really appreciate you highlighting that information here. So like offering yeah, I don't know what else to say, but thank you very much for this. Okay, class. very nice. Um I think what I'm also trying to highlight for those of you who've been practicing Krishna for a long time or for those of you who may be new or returning. Like everything in life, it's the consciousness that you put into it. And sometimes we might just take it for granted a little bit. In Australia, have they, they have a word called woofing. That's when you really eat something very quickly. You woof it down. Actually, I told you that recently. The fire marshal was here and he told us this is a woofer building, that the fire will eat this down in one gulp. So we want to encourage you to really be conscious with because, you know, the whole point of our meditation is our reflection and our thinking of Krishna. And when we offer food to Krishna, it's described that the food becomes non-different from Krishna. That's why we're, you know, we try to not waste it and we try to, you know, honor it. We, we say, let's honor prashadam. Why do we say honor we're trying to use language to help remind us that what we're doing, which seems so ordinary, we eat all the time. And it's so ordinary, but it can do something extraordinary. It can wake us up. And that's the other point. Learning to love Krishna is not something new. We're old souls. We've traveled. We're eternal, actually, which is beyond old. Um, so, Prashadam takes away those cobwebs, like the holy name and like reading about Krishna, and, and makes us remember. Because we're trying to bring out 
what's already in there. We're not, it appears like we may be pouring it in, but actually it's a process of uncovering. And so the more conscious we are, the more conscious we are in our everyday life and the more present we can be when we're having prasadam, the more present you can be when you come here on a Sunday or the more present you can be at home or wherever you are when, you, when you're about to put this thing in your mouth. We all need to eat, and, we, and, and, and Krishna doesn't want us to suffer. We can enjoy so many things. But try, my, my, to, to, to help the potency of Krishna Prasadam come out, apply yourself. Apply yourself to it. Apply yourself. It's the art of eating. Somewhere in the, in, in the, in the, in the Gita, Krishna describes bhakti, uh, karma yoga, as the, uh, as the art of work. So today's a little bit about the art of eating. We want to move away from mindless eating, and we want to be conscious of really creating powerful food. Like really powerful food that can actually completely change you. The you who you are. Because if you're changed internally, then externally just naturally, naturally becomes better and, and more beautiful. I, I, I will say, though, um, that doesn't mean you know, you're not careful about you, what you eat. and Everybody's diet is different. And one favorite place that devotees like to go is to this um, donut pl- uh, shop in New York called the Donut Plant, because the person who owns it is a devotee of Krishna, so all the donuts get offered. And we're like, woohoo! And, you know, do, you know, we'll eat 10, 20 donuts. You know, it, it's still a donut. It's full of sugar. It's not very good for you externally. But because it's prasadam, we just, it's, it's one of those indulged days. So you have to balance it out. So here's the thing. Whatever your diet, whatever you, whatever you eat, that's, that's where I got the name. Whatever you eat, Krishna says, offer it. Offer it to me first. Hello, I'm here. I want to have a relationship with you. So remember that. That will help you. That will help us grow in our relationship with Krishna. And that is one of the most important, if not the most important, purpose of our life and and the chance of a human life is regaining, re-establishing, repairing our relationship with Krishna. Oh, okay, here's the mic, and then we'll have a lady, and then you're next. Yes. Uh, Hare Krishna Mataji, I don't have a question, and I don't have a story to tell. I just want to say we need more Matajis like you who giving classes, because the maternal part and the kind of words that you use, it goes straight to the heart. Thank you so much for the class today. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, do we have any ladies who want to ask a question? Yes, in the back. Very good. Thank you. We have to run a mic all the way back there. And then we'll have the young man here in front. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you for the wonderful class. 
I just wanted you to uh, throw some light on how to accept prasadam. Like, can we talk with others? Can we watch something? Oh, okay. <laughs> can we eat and watch? You can, you can honor prasadam whatever way you like. Just make sure it's prasadam. But, again, I would encourage you to, um, and, and obviously gathering around a table and sharing sacred food together, sharing prasadam is a wonderful thing to do. It builds relationships. Um, there are six, six things that uh, nourish relationships. And one of the great teachers of the bhakti line, Rupa Goswami, right, teaches this. Uh, giving gifts and receiving gifts, having good conversation and receiving good conversation, and giving food, prasadam, and receiving it. So this exchange. So sitting down together, uh, Honoring and eating and, and talking is a wonderful thing. I would also encourage you from time to time to, to eat alone. Um, Srila Prabhupada ate all his meals alone, the founder um, of, of, of the movement. Perhaps it was just the only time he could get by himself because he really was quite busy with many people around him, but it was... And there's some videos of him honoring, honoring Prashadam, and he was slowly taking, slowly chewing, slowly being present with this most magnificent of, of I don't know, magnificent stuff or whatever we want to say that, that, that is not just full, full of material energy to nourish our body, but full of spiritual energy. So, um, you know, look for those moments where you can, can, and, sit quietly. Even regular people in the world say it's not the best thing in the world to be eating and watching. You know, it, it's kind of a distracted way of eating. But we have bad habits. You know, I have bad habits. I won't ask you all to raise your hands. I remember I was so surprised when I came to America, and I love this country, but I remember the first time I came, I just couldn't believe it. How these people would go to the movie theater with this, like, giant thing of popcorn, and it would just be like, I think I watched them more than the movie the first time I went into a movie. I just, I couldn't, it just didn't make sense to me, you know. So we tend to be really automatic with what we eat and how we eat and we just do it. And, and that's neither good for our physical health, but it's definitely not so good for deepening our consciousness, deepening our awareness of Krishna in our life, you know, deepening our, our sense of who we are beyond the body, trying to get transcendental, trying to get a little bit of healthy distance so that when we, are, we do have to function in our body, we can function a lot better. So keep it balanced, do a little of everything. And, um, you know, that's what I meant by creating space in your life to really allow prasadam or sacred food to transform you. When it comes down to it, we are our best problem ourselves, right? The opportunities are always in front of us, but we tend to allow time or energy or busyness to get in our way. But if you keep the goal ahead of you, you know, I need to really spend time with Krishna every day, quality time with Krishna. Food is a great way to do that. I need to spend time with my family or my friends, meeting around uh, food and the dinner table. Now, of course, we have to recommend people put their phones away at the dinner table. 
It's hard, but make those choices because spiritual life is ultimately a choice. And the choices you make will be what you'll get. Okay, a young man in the front. Lord Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita to offer anything with love and devotion. So what's the dif difference between love and devotion? Oh, I thought Hari Kirtan was going to ask a difficult question. What's the difference between love and devotion? Well, they're very similar. Um, and maybe Krishna is using, sometimes we use extra words that kind of mean the same thing as an emphasis. Sometimes we would say love was with effect, devotion was, is particularly devoted to particularly to Krishna. Um, and love was with affection. Or love can also be with attention, with care, you know. When we're making a nice plate for Krishna, do we just kind of throw everything on it? Or do we take the time, do we say, oh, Krishna, please accept this banana? Or maybe we take, love would be, well, let me peel the banana. Maybe put it on a nice plate, like that. So for me, devotion means attention to detail. Remembering that Krishna is a person. Just like how we feel when someone might make something beautiful for us and go an extra mile to wrap it nicely or present it nicely. And so devotion to me is in the details and, and love of a course is that, is that feeling, is that, that longing to try to please the Lord, that affection that we're trying to feel for Krishna, that you've given me so much and I'm trying to give you a little something and the sweetness, we're looking for the sweetness. There is one story um, of a great devotee of Krishna and it's connected to a banana and she loved Krishna so much that when Krishna came to her house to eat she got so excited and so overwhelmed and so just happy that she peeled the banana and she threw the banana away and gave Krishna the peel. <laughs> Vidura's wife. Isn't that beautiful? So that's love and the details went out the window. But Krishna was so charmed because Krishna is a person. And like all of us, especially those of us who have children, we're, we're easily charmed by the genuine and sweet love of our child, no matter what they offer us. So that's the beginning of relationship. That's the, that's the ingredient um, when we offer food for Krishna. It's a little bit less about us and more about him. But we know in the end that it nourishes us. Thank you. Thank you. There is a, do we have a lady over, yeah, women's time. Excuse me? What Krishna did with the peel? He ate it, I think. Because yeah, sorry, yes, he did, yes, good. He ate the peel. <laughs> yeah. There are so, here's the thing, and I'd recommend you read Krishna book. There's so many stories about Krishna and food. It's such a big part of the spiritual world. Right? This is the material world, it's covered, but there is a spiritual world. There's so many, so many beautiful stories of Krishna and food. He's a butter thief. He's always anxious to eat. Is it, it, Radha, who sits with Krishna, who's the best lover of Krishna, she never, ever cooks the same thing twice for eternity. Not rice. <laughs> 
I have to ask her, what about rice? But that's what we hear that, you know, food is, she's so eager to please Krishna. But we, and there's varieties of rice. I mean, it's, we, we know some rice here. The spiritual world is endless variety. But the point is, she's the example of trying to always make something beautiful, something sweet, something different for Krishna. So we're not, we're not her, we're ourselves. So do it within whatever, do it within your limits right now, but always try to push out your limits a little bit. When you feel it pushing back at you, try to just stretch it out. That's how we grow spiritually. Okay, um, hands happening here. Um, oh, he's got the mic and then we'll, we'll pass it around. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I, I wanna thank my colleague, Himanshu, for inviting me, up. and this okay. is my first uh, visit here. Wonderful. And, um, and I also really appreciated uh, your presentation. Uh, from a Christian perspective, I found very, very uh, parallel uh, between the concept of prasadam and the concept of fellowship and yeah. breaking bread and Christianity and, and praying, uh, praying, you know, mm -hmm. before you uh, partake in your food. So thank you very much for your presentation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Go ahead. Fun. Today was fun. Very good. Thank you. His first visit to the temple. Yeah, and just one response. What's your name? Surge. 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 Just one response to Surge that I've always I was always, I loved I always love the concept that of the last supper where they gathered around a table with food, bread and wine, and maybe fruit and vegetables. And, 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 and Jesus ate with his close students before he went and, and did what he needed to do. Um, uh, and just you know, coming together, uh, coming together around food is really important and, and, and really, again, uh, builds community, builds fellowship. And we can't do this spiritual journey alone. We need each other. And um, look for opportunities to share food and receive food and sit together. And uh, one other way to honor Prashadam is to also be joyful. Wow, this is wonderful. And, Ooh, have you tasted this? When Krishna would go to the forest with the cowherd boys, and there's a beautiful picture of it in, the, in our uh, Prashadam room, our eating room here, they would all open their tiffins. The tiffin is the name of a lunchbox. And their mothers would have filled their tiffins when the boys went out, Krishna and his cowherd boys went out to the forest to take care of cows. They had such a great life. And so they would open their tiffins and be like, wow, here, you taste this. Let me see what's in your tiffin. And there was, they created this just joy of appreciation around um, prasadam, around spiritual food. So I, that's another great language, great energy to, to put into your eating, your eating space. Just a genuine appreciation for what you have to eat at this particular moment. Okay, um, we have a, we have a, I think there's a, it's a lady's question and then we have a mic for you. We have, we still have a few minutes. Oh, okay, there's a, Sitting on the um, chair. I was just going to say, Prabhupada once said that my only question is, what is in Krishna's tiffin? 
Ah, Prabhupada said that? Good. We wonder what was in Krishna's tiffin. Uh, something beautiful. Thank you, Mataji, for your class. It's very Okay, Blue Mike, let's hear it. Yeah, the question I have is, isn't saying grace at the table and also prasadam prayer at the table, right at the table, offering, offering to the Krishna? Is there a difference between uh, offering at the altar and at the table? A uh, very good question. Um, there's different ways you can offer um, and, you know, different procedures and, and some are more elaborate, like how we offer the food on the altar here is a much more elaborate procedure because it's in a temple and it's, 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 it's um, you know, very high standard. But when you're at home, you can decide what level is good for you and then build up from that. And then, you know, for some people, it's just a picture they'll have of Krishna. But one thing to have is, is try to keep separate plates. Let Krishna have his own plate and keep that just for him. And then there are mantras you can learn. So yes, saying grace is, is a good place to start. Um, and saying our, we have a, we have a prasadam prayer, which is a very wonderful prasadam prayer, which um, uh, we sing before we eat to remind us that, uh, we sing it in such a joyful way it reminds us that the senses are a network of paths leaving, leading to death. We're like, you know. <laughs> but when we, when we take this Krishna Prasadam, then those senses become spiritualized. So saying grace is a good beginning, but we were, I would, the next level to get to is to take the food that you're about to eat before it goes to the table and, and make a separate offering to Krishna. So then at the table, you still say grace because grace is like gratitude. Grace is, again, slowing down to remember, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I saw one time somebody say a, a grace that went, um, bless, this, bless this dinner and these sinners. That was their grace. So, you know, a, a short acknowledgement of, of thank you, Lord, for the food. But... It's to, to offer it quietly with intention and particularly to Krishna before it goes to the table is what you'll be trying to do. And, and you can start with a simple, please Krishna accept this food before I eat it. I've tried to cook it thinking of you a little bit and, and, and please accept it. And then, or else you can chant the Hare Krishna mantra over it. You can leave it there for a few minutes and come back and then, and, and then take it, and then it's, it's good to go. Um, there are other mantras you can add and you can learn. Um, speak with Giri at the Bhakti Lounge or ask any of us here who live at the temple and we can let you know how to do that. A question on this side. Thank you, Mataji, for the presentation. If time permits, can you please elaborate the differences between love and devotion? And so ah. from that question onwards, I was keep on thinking about to differentiate both of them. So I would get, try to get more clarification uh, so that uh, like people like us will be more uh, follow the actual guidance. Love and devotion. Did you? Okay. Why don't you give him the mic? Good. And, and here's what I really like about that. The hope is that these classes give you things to think about. 
that you'll, that you're, like his question caused you, hmm, let me think more about this love and devotion. It's great. Go ahead. So, I, I, just, I mean, you can look, you know, there's so many dictionaries, but one difference it seems between love and devotion is that love is a verb that you can apply toward anyone or anything. So it's a kind of a, a mood or an emotion, whereas devotion seems to be more directly connected to a profound focus or attachment on a certain particular place or person. So love being a verb that you can apply and devotion being dedication towards a specific uh, goal or person. Okay. That's a that's an interesting one. Do you do you, anybody else like to give some? Im, Im, okay. Orange Mike, love and devotion. Okay, love is a sentiment that borns in your heart and reflects the whole body. Devotion is the emphasis of the ways that you put into it in order to offer the love that you feel to someone or to a deity. Okay, so um, love is the emotion and devotion is the carrier. Of course, love is also action. Love is a, love is a, a what does they say, love is a verb. One minute, we'll get to you. Um, yeah, and I also think that, you know, the words are interchangeable. You know, if you love someone, you're going to be devoted to them. <laughs> if, what? And you're not going to be devoted if you don't love them. So I think it was just like a double emphasis. It's poetic. You see these, these verses in the Gita, they're poetry. And they're, they're meant to evoke some emotion. So offer me with love and devotion. It's like, you know, um, sing with joy and happiness. What's the difference between joy and happiness? It's the, it's the idea of, of bringing up this sense of put some feeling into your lives. Put some life into your food, you know? Come on, people. Krishna is saying, wake up, you know? Don't just eat and die, you know? Eat and live, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, we're almost done. We had this young man over here. We have a lot of young men questions, which I love. Go ahead. How do you give love to God if you, if you want, if you are excited? How do you give love to God if you're excited? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> the younger they get, the tougher they get. Yeah, you give it, you know, you take that energy. Here's a nice, nice way to answer that. You take that excited energy, and, and it's a good place to end, because we have to end here, that we should be excited of what, of what Krishna Bhakti offers us. We should be excited to see if we can scrounge up, we can gather up a bit of love for Krishna. He's our long, long, lost, lost um, friend, really, and it's funny because he's, he's the Lord, he's everything, and yet we get, this is what, the, this is Krishna, the world, and me, and the world takes me and distracts me and fills me with all kinds of love that I hardly have any time for Krishna, or maybe a little time for Krishna, and even that's sometimes an effort. 
that's sometimes an effort to get our mind back there. So take this question of excitement and, and this idea of, of, of getting up early in the morning and starting your day with this, you know, strong, strong push for keeping the effort to love Krishna and to receive love, Krishna's love very much awake in our hearts and very much present in our food, right? We, 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 want, we want to do that. Uh, that's going to be good for ourselves. It's going to be good for everybody who's around us. And I think if we could get it together, it could have a huge impact in making the world a better place. Thank you very much.